This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Today on the show, our contributor Mike Belsito will be talking with Kyle Poyer, who is a market strategist at OpenView Ventures. They're going to discuss SaaS pricing in detail and how and how Kyle often sees it at a high level, uh, coming from a venture capital perspective. So, really good talk. Uh, and if you're interested in SaaS pricing, pull out a pen and paper. You're probably going to want to take some notes. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Mike Belsito. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us here. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and talk about some SaaS pricing. 
Thanks for having me. Glad people are interested in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and maybe before we really get started, you could just give me a sense of your background and uh, tell me a little bit more about OpenView Partners and just your work there. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I'm a market strategist at OpenView. OpenView is a venture capital firm based in Boston that invests exclusively in expansion stage software companies. And uh, companies in the portfolio include Datadog, Smashfly, and Structure, and, and Expensify. And I work uh, very closely with the portfolio companies around seg market segmentation, understanding their value proposition, and then packaging and pricing. So it's really helping them understand um, their customers and buyers in the market to really monetize uh, more efficiently and just you know make more money. <laughs> awesome. How long have you been involved with pricing in particular? I know when we were talking a little bit before, you'd mentioned that that was actually a part of your background even before OpenView. Yeah, so before joining OpenView, I was uh, with a firm called Simon Kucher and Partners, and I spent I spent about six plus years in the pricing world now, um, and have completed you know several dozen pricing projects. Uh, Simon Kucher is known as the world's leading pricing consultancy, and they actually price everything from diapers to caskets. So you're talking about cradle to grave. <laughs> they they do it, uh, and so I, within Simon Kucher, I focused on the TMT sector working with uh, newspapers, magazines, cable operators, marketplaces, software companies. But my favorite clients were always the SaaS startups, so I was really happy to you know, get the offer to join OpenView. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I know I had reached out to you originally because we're doing this whole series on SaaS. And in particular, you know, I wanted to focus on pricing because you know, I've been involved with SaaS businesses in the past. I know that pricing is really hard uh, when it comes down to it, especially for new companies. And I found this awesome SaaS pricing guide that you made. Uh, maybe you could give me a little bit of background on that pricing guide, You know, sort of why you came up with it uh, to share it with the world. I found it to be helpful, but maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, since joining OpenView, I mean, I've been meeting with countless startups in the portfolio and just uh, other startups in this space. And one of the things that's really struck me is how many of them have told me that they're embarrassed by their pricing. They've spent so much time on the product, on sales motion, but they neglected pricing, which is at the core of really how you make money. Uh, and you know, many of them had even whiteboarded their prices in a room uh, with the executive team and haven't really revisited it since. Uh, some of that's because they don't have people on their team that know how to do pricing. They don't have the experience. They don't know where to start. And so my goal with this pricing guide was to really have a reference guide that any uh, startup SaaS company could use to rethink their packaging and pricing strategy. And this is uh, the, the guide that I released is the first part in uh, what I'm playing is a four-part series that's from seed to IPO, how to price your products every step of the way. Because... Uh, a startup fa faces different challenges when you're at different stages of growth. And so, uh, you know, that'll be built out over time to help companies that are, you know, at the really early stage and at, at the later stage. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, you, it's funny. You mentioned that some of the companies that you even work with, they'll mention how they're embarrassed about their pricing. But these are, you know, venture-backed companies. These are companies that are doing great things. Why do you think it is that pricing tends to be so difficult for companies to figure out? Yeah, it's really because uh, you can do almost anything, it with, especially in the SaaS world. It's not like a consumer product where 
there, you know, you have limited options. With SaaS, you could price it however you want. Uh, and there's never one right answer. So you're never completely sure that you're doing it the right way, uh, which can be really challenging. And, you know, especially when you think about re redesigning pricing, it's overwhelming to figure out where to start with it. You gotta figure out how you package up your features, the value metric, kind of the charging unit for pricing. Do you have a freemium model? Do you have a free trial? What's the, and then what price do you charge? How do you upsell people? I mean, there's so many pieces to it. Uh, and so I, I really think that's, it, it gets overwhelming for people. And so one of the first things I, when I work with companies, one of the first things I help them with is just bounding the problem and focusing on one pricing initiative at a time and, you know, really the most pressing priority. Let's say for those, I guess, starting from the beginning, those startups that are trying to figure out pricing, specifically SaaS startups, um, that is an important thing to get right, right out of the gate. What type of advice might you give to a SaaS startup that's really just formulating their pricing for the first time? Definitely, definitely. So the first thing is that you really need to think about your target customer and the buyer persona. So SaaS companies, I've seen publicly traded SaaS companies that are charging only a few hundred dollars per year for their product, and I've seen them that are you know, selling $7 million deal, or seven-figure deals uh, multi-million dollar deals. And so you can charge, there's such a variety in how you can charge. And so you first need to think about who you're targeting. If you're targeting the enterprise, then you know the price you can achieve is way higher than if you're targeting SMB mid-market, or if you're targeting a very senior buyer in an organization, you can, tar you can get a much bigger deal than if you're targeting more of a mid or junior level person and you're just trying to get you know, widespread adoption. So, I mean, segmentation is, is key. The other thing I, I think about is um, the value compared to the other alternatives on the market. As a startup with a new technology, you might not have a like-for-like -like competitor, but you can still look at the other technology solutions that your customer is buying. So, like, if you're buying a sales efficiency solution, you probably should look at how much Salesforce charges and how much they're making from your target companies because that's the reference that they'll have when they're thinking about buying you. Right, And then the last thing is the economic value you create for your customers. Can you prove that the product saves time, increases your customer's revenue, reduces cost, reduces risk, and then can you quantify by how much? What does that mean from a business impact perspective? And that's going to help you really justify the price and probably help you realize that there's a lot of value creating that you can capture through pricing. We'll be back with more right after a quick word from our sponsor. Now, you know, once pricing is set for a startup, you know, inevitably, let's just say they grow, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, things go really well. It's likely that they'll end up addressing that pricing once again. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know thinking back from my experiences um, in some of the businesses I was involved in, pr the thought of increasing our price was such a scary thing. You know, everybody, we had meetings upon meetings of, you know, ah, oh, we're going to lose customers. You know, how can we do this? Who gets grandfathered? Uh, yet you told a story in the pricing guide about some of the companies you were familiar with, Status Page being one of them, where they ended up raising pricing, in some cases by up to eight times, yet they didn't end up seeing much of an impact when it came to conversion or churn. Could you go into that a little bit more? And for somebody that might be in the middle of you know, reevaluating their pricing, maybe talk them off the ledge a little bit in terms <laughs> of why maybe altering their pricing and, and actually increasing it may or may not be a bad thing. 
Yeah, definitely. So one of my favorite quotes actually about this is uh, from Warren Buffett. He had a famous saying where he said, the single most important decision in evaluating a business is pricing power. And if you've got the power to raise prices without losing business to a competitor, you've got a very good business. And if you have to have a prayer session before raising the price by 10%, then you've got a terrible business. <laughs> so I think it's actually, I mean, it's a really, it's certainly a scary exercise because when you raise prices, you really learn a lot about your customers and about the value of what you built. But from my perspective, if you've done the homework correctly and thought through the details on implementation, pricing can be a major growth driver for your business. And it's something where if you can successfully do it, you, it'll help prove to investors that you have a strong product that your customers need and will pay for it. You know, it really gives confidence that the business is staying power. But it, you need to have, uh, you need to you know, build the confidence first and you can do that by looking at your data, talking to customers, uh, and you know, really do do some homework first, and then you know, once you've done the homework correctly, uh, you know, it should should be should help you sleep a lot easier to actually raise the price. You know, you bring up investors, and you know, OpenView invests in companies. That's what they do. From an investor standpoint, I, maybe you could talk a little bit more about you know how venture capitalists, other types of investors view pricing when it comes to you know the startups that they're considering investing in mm -hmm. uh, so the key metrics that investors are looking at with a business i mean they're looking at things like your market size how you know your payback period and your net churn rate and so on all of them actually interrelate with how you set prices um, and so it's to me, it's most critical for a SaaS company to show investors that your pricing enables a lens and expand business model where because you can bring on people at a pretty um, entry-level offering, it's cost-efficient to acquire a new customer. And then for every dollar you make in that initial sale, hopefully that will compound quite a bit in the future as customers get hooked on your product and want more, and you can upsell them. So that would lead to a short payback period on that investment in acquiring customer, and then ideally a net negative churn rate, and then ultimately a pretty big market size because you can prove that there is a willingness to pay um, in the market for the product. Got it. Now, you know, sometimes we can learn by you know, understanding what's the right thing to do, but sometimes you know, looking at situations where, hey, it worked out, you know, it was a big failure, you know, they did it completely wrong, that could be instructive too. Are there, you know, situations where you've seen companies make big mistakes and, you know, what are those big mistakes that especially SaaS companies tend to make when it comes to pricing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's a few different types of mistakes that I see, you know, quite a bit. One is just undervaluing what you've built and so not monetizing it to the fullest extent. And that's natural, right? Like if you just build something and you don't have customers paying for it, you don't really know how much it's worth yet. And so, you know, it's it's natural to just want to close the deal and go in at a pretty low price. But, you know, when you look at it objectively, you left a lot of money on the table. So I think that's that, that happens a lot and it's pretty natural. Uh, and then second is a lot of times people are keeping their pricing too simple at the beginning, so they're not segmenting it or differentiating it. Not all of your buyers are going to be the same, um, and so why give them the same product, the same package at the same price? Uh, and then on the flip side of that, some people do uh, 
do want to kind of over-engineer their pricing. You know, maybe it's a really product-driven leader that uh, you know help build the product, gets really into the the technical details, and you know really over-engineers the pricing too. And this can sometimes confuse the customers. It's difficult for sales to explain, especially when you're hiring a bunch of new salespeople. And it could look like nickel and diming to the customer if it's over-engineered. Uh, there's, a, there's a balancing act there. Yeah, I guess based on your experience, whether it was with OpenView or even in your past, can you think of specific companies where they just got it wrong? And you don't name names or anything like that, but you know, can you think of situations where that's happened and you know, if they took a different approach, they might have had a different experience? Are there any stories you could kind of think of um, that pulls that? Yeah, I, I do have a lot. I don't want to name specific names. Yeah, no, to your I, point. I don't want to get you in trouble here. Uh, but actually, one of the companies that I've been um, working with recently has, uh, you know, they built a really great business overall, but they, they were charging all the customers the same price per unit, um, even though their customers range from mom and pops to huge global entities. Um, and their main customer or their main competitor differentiated the price based on the size and so was able to offer something that was more affordable at the low end uh, to the small guys and then make a lot more money from the large guys. Uh, so there's you know, pros and cons to what the competitor was doing, but uh, you know, when I talked to their, their customers, some of them actually told me things like, you know, this, the price for this is a drop in the bucket and it's a small drop in the bucket. And another one said, you know, we, uh, we don't know how they're even making money given how much they're charging. And then the small guys are saying, you know, this is really expensive for me. So it was uh, that was one where we moved to a tiered model, um, and that was a kind of a pretty small change. But it, you know, it, it actually you know, drives impact for the business because we're able to increase the win rate at the low end and also able to, you know, extract more money at the high end. So it's kind of a, it's a win-win from that standpoint. Now that's that's interesting. Yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying where. Every company is different, and every model likely needs to be a little bit different. You don't want to over-engineer it, but you have to think of that that customer base. That's that's really interesting. I, well, I guess to tie everything together, you know, you are you know probably being listened to right now by some people that are at that startup stage, some that are at the stage where they have a pricing model, but we're not sure if it's working quite well. I guess regardless of the stage, what would you leave? You know, founders and and business people with that might be listening that are thinking about how to best price their SaaS product. Mm. So it would be you got to do your homework and research when it comes to pricing, uh, and you know, so do the diligence by talking to customers, surveying them when it makes sense, uh, really doing the market research that'll ha- help you have confidence in you know in the strategy. Uh, I, I see that research is so valuable because you, you understand the value of what you're building, what else you need to build, you know, why people find it valuable. So it helps your, your marketing and how much you can charge for it. So I think that's uh, a valuable piece of work to do. And then also just don't let the, let perfection be the enemy of good here. Your pricing will evolve over time as you learn more, as you build out the product, uh, as you have more customers, as you maybe shift segments. So you've got to be willing to adapt. And so, you know, do your homework first, but then uh, don't stress out too much if you need to change it later on. That's great. 
Well, Kyle, I appreciate you spending time with us. Um, I know based off of this, there are definitely going to be folks that are going to want to keep up with some of your future writings, uh, maybe on social media. How can people keep in touch with you? How can they learn more about that next pricing guide or I guess the phase two that might be coming out soon? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, anyone can uh, feel free to email me if they want. It's my, uh, my email is kpoyer, that's K-P-O-Y-A-R, at openviewpartners.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, just at Poyer K. <laughs> Pretty easy. Uh, feel free to reach out. All right. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Kyle, and uh, we'll be in touch. Great. Thank you. Big thanks to our sponsor for this series, Chargebee. Chargebee makes setting up your subscription billing fast and easy. Go to chargebee.com forward slash rocketship and set up your subscription billing the same way Soylent sets up their subscription billing. Get it done right. Get it done the first time so you can move on to building the rest of your business. Big thanks to Kyle Poyer for coming on and sharing with us. Um, We have one more SaaS interview for this series, and then we're on to growth. So we'll probably be releasing that in the next couple days. Uh, So hopefully you'll catch that on Tuesday. And then Thursday will be the first episode of our growth series, which I know you're looking forward to. Hit us up on Twitter at RocketshipFM. You can follow me at my Michael Saka, you can follow Mike Belsito at Belsito, and you can follow Joel at Joel Goldman. All right, we'll see you back here in just a couple days.